The sixteenth letter of the Aleph Beis is the letter Ayin. The letter Ayin looks like two eyes, and it becomes connected here on the bottom. This represents the chiasma, which is the optical nerve center that interprets visual impulses. In other words, our two eyes don't really see. Our two eyes are more like a lens. The actual vision takes place in the back of our head where the two optical nerves meet, which is called the, the chiasma. Now, this concept is very interesting because it really answers a fundamental question. In the Torah, it says, you shall put the tefillin between your eyes. V'hoyu is and there are those who mistakenly interpret this to mean that the tefillin should actually be right over here between your eyes. Now we know when Moses gave the Torah, he also gave the oral law, the interpretation of the Torah. And there he explained that between your eyes means it should be over here on top, at the end of your hairline, on top of the soft part of the brain of a baby's head. If you ever touch a baby's head, you'll feel it's very soft over here. And that's where the tefillin lies. So the halacha is, it should be between your eyes, that the tefillin should not be this way or this way, but rather straight in between your eyes. But based on this scientific finding, that the eyes don't really see in the front, but rather in back. So if you look down on the head, with a bird's eye view, you have the letter ayin. And so the tefillin is now exactly between the two eyes and the chiasma in the back of your head. So it's truly between your eyes. That is a medical explanation of the letter ayin. Now the ayin, like most letters in the Torah, are written in the middle, middle script or intermediate script. But there are also large and small ayin. Like all the other letters in the Torah, that throughout the 24 books of the Torah, you'll find that the letter is written at least once in the large and once in the small. Now the large ayin is written by the Shema. The Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lakir Hashem Echad, right? We say this at least twice a day. We put our hands over our eyes. We say, Shema Yisrael, hear, O Israel. God is our Lord. God is one. The word Shema here has the large ayin. In a Sefer Torah, in a Torah scroll, it's written with a large ayin. And the question is, why? And we find that the Tzemach Tzedek says that the large ayin is really an antidote to the ayin tuluyah. There is an ayin in the book of Psalms, chapter 80. It says over there, Chazir miyar, the boar, the wild boar of the forest ravages the vine of Israel. The word ya'ar, which means forest, is spelled with an ayin. And that ayin is called an ayin taluya. It's a hanging ayin. It's above the line. It's hanging because it's tentative. 
says the Tzemach Tzedek, and Rashi explains this, because Rashi says that it is tentative on the actions of the Jewish people. If the Jewish people will do the will of God, then the Ayin will be transformed into an Aleph. But if the Jewish people will not do the Torah, then the Ayin will remain the Ayin. What's the difference between the Aleph or the Ayin? If you spell Yar with an Aleph instead of an Ayin, it means the word river. But Yar with an Ayin means the forest. A wild boar in the forest is very dangerous. It's going to ravage the vine of Israel. But a wild boar in the river cannot do anything. It's in the river. And therefore, by saying the Shema, we have the ability to transform this wild boar of the forest into the wild boar of the river, and now it has no power over the Jewish people. Now, in practical terms, what does this mean? The Masha tells us that the Ayin of Yar, the Ayin of Forest, stands for the Ayin of Esav, an Ayin of the word Amalek. Esav was a brother of Yaakov. He was the father of Amalek. Amalek is considered to be one of the worst nations of the world. It says when the Jewish people came out of Egypt, they attacked the Jewish people. And God says that we have an obligation every day to destroy Amalek. Why is Amalek so bad? What does Amalek represent? The word karcha can mean that they caught you and they chopped you off on the way or they met you on the way. But karcha can also mean etymologically kridos, which means coldness. Amalek brings a coldness into Judaism. They say like this, look, I'm your brother. Esav was your brother. We know the Torah. You guys are taking the Torah too seriously, too passionate about it. Chill out, relax, cool down. Don't take it so literally. You don't have to do all the mitzvahs. You go to shul once a year, it's fine. You make kiddush, you know, on Passover, it's good for the whole year. You don't have to every single day do mitzvahs and worry what you're doing and what you're eating and how you're walking and how you're talking. Chill. Cool down a little bit. So Amalek is all about chilling this, this passion for God and passion for Yiddishkeit. And therefore, when a person says, Shema Yisrael, he puts his hands over his eyes and he says, there's nothing in the world besides God. Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekeinu Hashem Echad. And I dedicate my life to God. So that passion and that dedication is the antidote to Esav and to Amalek. And therefore it has the ability to transform the Ayin of Yar, the Ayin of the forest, and now it becomes the Ayin of Yar it becomes the Aleph of river. And now the wild boar, Esav and Amalek, have no power over the Jewish people. The gematria of Ayin is 70. We find that Rabbi Elazar ben Azayah in the Haggadah of Passover says, I am like 70 years old. I am like a man of 70 years old. However, I did not yet succeed in proving that one should recite the going out of Egypt at night until 
Ben Zoma came along and he gave the following homiletic interpretation. That once you remember the going out of Egypt all the days of their life. It could have said, remember going out of Egypt the days of your life. Why all the days of your life? From here we learn all the days of your life is that not only should one remember going out of Egypt during the daytime, but also at the night time. Now what does this mean? We have a few questions here. Number one is, Rabbi Loza ben Azayah was actually 18 years old. Why then does he say, I'm like 70 years old? Number two is, the Talmud tells a story that um, he was appointed the leader of the Torah Academy, the Nasi of the Torah Academy. And um, he said, I cannot accept until I ask my wife. He went home to his wife and he said, uh, my dear wife, should I accept this new position of becoming the Nasi, the head of the Torah Academy? And the wife said to him, you're too young, you're 18 years old. You have no white hairs in your beard. How is it that you should lecture in front of all these rabbis with white beards? So he said, fine. He went to sleep, and the next morning he awoke, and there were 18 rows of white hairs. So he came back, and he said, I will accept the job. But why the terminology like 70 years old? And furthermore, his opening speech, when he was inaugurated, was that not only should you talk about the going out of Egypt during the day, but you should also talk about going out of Egypt at night. Why was this so important to be his official speech when he accepted leadership as the Nasi, the leader of the Jewish Academy? There is one answer that says that Rabbi Elazar Ben Isaiah was a reincarnation of Samuel the prophet, Shmuel Hanavi. Samuel the prophet lived 52 years, and Rabbi Elazar Ben Isaiah is now 18 years old. So 18 plus 52 is like 70. I am like 70 years old. And the Rebbe explains why is it so important to know this. So the Rebbe says we have to know that today all of us our souls have been reincarnated. And therefore, when we are challenged with a, an objective that is bigger than ourself, and we say, there's no way we can do this. Humanly, it's impossible. So we have to realize that we are not here alone, that we have a soul that has been used many times over. <clears throat> and therefore, we have the merits and the blessings and the strength of our predecessors to be able to overcome every challenge that comes our way. So that's one interpretation. But there's another interpretation. And that is, I am like 70 years old because he conquered all his 70 attributes. In other words, there are 70 emotional attributes. Chesed, kindness, gavura, severity, teferes, mercy, etc., etc. But each one of these 70 emotions are multiplied by 10. They have 10 levels. So if a person has conquered and mastered all of these seven emotional levels, he now is like 70 years old. He has mastered all 70 
aspects of his attributes. The Rebbe once said that, what is a true leader? First, a person needs to be a master and a leader over themselves. Then they could be a master and a leader over their family. And then finally, they could be a master and leader over the world. And the same is true with Allah. But Allah Azayah, he is stating his credentials. I am like 70 years old. I have already mastered myself. And now I have the ability to come along and teach you. What is the job description of a leader? The job description of a leader is to bring every person to his potential. In other words, to bring redemption to every individual. For each one of us has self-imposed limitations or general limitations. And the job of a leader is to bring out the best of the individual, to allow that individual to transcend their constraints. And so therefore, the first speech that Abelazah ben Isaiah says is, you should know, until now I could not succeed in proving that one should recite going out of Egypt that night, but now I proved it. And he brings a proof from Ben Zayma. In other words, Rabbi Elazar ben Isaiah is telling us like this, there are two ways to be successful, or there are two errors in when a person could be successful. One is during the day. Day means it's light. Light is a metaphor for goodness and kindness and happiness and peace. The world is at peace. There's no anti-Semitism. There's no hatred. There's no war. So therefore, we have to go out of Egypt. A person has to succeed. A person has to be able to accomplish great feats. But one might think at night, you don't have to go out of Egypt. At night, at a time of war, at a time of a holocaust, at the time when there's anti-Semitism in the world, then we have to worry about survival. We have to worry about ourselves as a human being and our family to make sure we have the essentials of food and protection. And then we have fulfilled our obligations. We don't have to go out of Egypt. We are not responsible or obligated to really aspire and go higher and acquire new levels of understanding and new levels of commitment and new levels of accomplishment. So comes Rabbi Elizabeth Azayan says, as a leader, I'm telling you that even at night, even when a person has difficulties in his life, things are not going perfect the way he wanted it to. There, there's a flaw, there's a darkness, there's an imperfection, something went wrong. Still in all, there is no excuse. We still have the obligation and we have the strength through reincarnation to be able to truly be successful even in the darkest part of the night. And this is true for an individual and of course this is true as a nation. That we as the Jewish nation, even in the darkest parts of history, have the obligation to become true liberated individuals. To truly to succeed and go out of our limitations. And the proof is from the Rambam himself. The Rambam lived 70 years. The last years of his life he lived in Egypt. Egypt etymologically means borders and constraints. And there in Egypt he wrote his magna opus. Perhaps one of the greatest works in all of Jewish history. 
which is the 14 books of code, as we know today, the Yara Chazaka, the Mishnah Torah of the Rambam. So we see the Rambam in Egypt had difficulties, had darkness, had to work as a doctor from morning till night, and yet he found time to study Torah. He found time to put together this magnificent work. And so therefore, the letter Ayin reminds us that we too have the obligation to see what our potential is and to make that potential into a reality, to become a leader over ourselves and then become an inspiration to the rest of the world. The meaning of the letter Ayin is Ayin. Ayin means eyes, eyes that see. We say that you cannot compare hearing to seeing or seeing to hearing. When you hear something, it could be true, it cannot be true. But when you see it with your own eyes, nothing in the world can change your opinion. Seeing is believing. And so, that is also the connection with the number 16. Ayin is the 16th letter in the alphabet, in the olive base, because 16 in Kabbalah is the number of connection. When you see something, you are truly connected with the object that you see. So, Ayin means eyes. And ayin also can mean eze, which means support. That God is my support. Alazer ben Azariah. Alazer means kale ezer. God is my salvation. And the son of Azariah. Again, God is the salvation. So ayin means to see the truth, to see your potential, and at the same time to see and realize that who is the one that will give you your salvation? Who is the one that will give you the strength to overcome all of these difficulties of the darkness of the night, of your personal Egypt? That comes from God himself. And when you see that God is there with you together, then there's no challenge that is too big, there's no mountain that is too large, and there's no difficulty that is too hard. And with the ayin, we have the ability to say Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekeinu, Hashem Echad.